Thank you for joining me for another edition of Tell Them to Told You. I appreciate you tuning in. I look forward to building with you this week on the topic of intersectionality. So some things that are happening in pop culture align with some memories that have come up for me and some experiences this that I've had this week have really made me stop to be more consciously aware of what it means to be a black woman in today's society. So uh, let's just get started. So first, many of us are seeing the advertisements and the press conferences between Floyd Mayweather and his contender, Conor McGregor. And for boxing purists and for myself as someone who just doesn't care that much about the sport. Um, I was not moved by a need to, to witness this, what I thought would be just a fiasco of about between these two men. Um, I must say what has become more problematic than the fight itself is how they are building up the fight by using racial play in politics. Now it started off as McGregor saying some just very nasty, very racially motivated things about Mayweather, rubbing his head and calling him boy and telling him to dance, some of those things. And then and then moving um, towards now, including black women in this taunting by saying that he's black from the belly button down and pelvic thrusting while he says this is for all black women. It's disgusting. It's disgusting the level of racial play that is being allowed and I would say scripted and performed by these men in order to make some money. And I think it demonstrates that in today's society, a woman is still used for financial gain um, and gratification by men. It's disgusting and it's ridiculous. And as a black woman in particular, the, the ownership and the image of this white man, um, the image of ownership that this white man put forth by saying what he said while he's thrusting his pelvis and taunting this black man, it was just, a, it's, it's become a bit too much for me. And I don't understand how as a community, we've not spoken out in mass about how we refuse for this kind of racial rhetoric to be deemed as appropriate by anyone. I think we need to be shutting it down. We need to just, um, and and though I'm not a Mayweather fan because I think he himself is a misogynist, I hope he kicks this man's natural white ass. I just really, really hope that that's the outcome. Um, And I'm disgusted by the promoters who think that this is cool. I'm disgusted that that's where we are in society today. And I'm so disgusted that I'm going to move on from that because I don't have too much more to say about that. Tune into um, Midlife Musings, which will be a new podcast featuring me and one of my very best friends. Um, We'll talk about that a little bit more because he is a boxing fan and I think he has more insight into the sport and into this phenomenon than I do. I'm just as a black woman, completely disgusted at the way McGregor is taunting a black man by using black female body. Anyway, moving on. So this week I have been away at a women's leadership, um, executive leadership training, and it has been a beautiful experience, a beautiful experience to be in the presence 
of some women who have done some really incredible things in the business world who are continuing to do incredible things in, in the world of academia and um, those of us who are trying to follow in their footsteps. It was just a really good experience for me. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. Um, and I want to share um, some reflections on some of the lessons with you. Um, some of you may know the story and on a podcast, I'll, I'll tell more of the story, but I, long story short, I was a dropout. Uh, I dropped out of FAMU. I partied my way out of FAMU, uh, the first time around. And when I left FAM, I went to work for first, it was Sprint local telephone division. And then I ended up working for Bell Self Mobility. And then when they merged with SBC, I was with, uh, singular before it became what we know now as AT&T. Um, and so I spent a little time in a corporate setting as an entry slash mid-level manager. I was the Southeast region market support manager for Singular Wireless. And as a result of, of the things discussed this week, I became reflective on what I experienced when I was with Singular that I had not ever been able to put a finger on. And now I realized what was happening was I was in this male dominated world trying to maneuver in the ways that I know to maneuver the world. And that's the way of a black woman, a Southern black woman at that, you know, I moved through the world as a Southern black woman, my context, my worldview, my outlooks, all of those things shape the decisions I make, how I um, interact with people, how I interacted with my team, um, those kinds of things, the language I choose to use, how I present myself, uh, what professionalism is defined as, those kinds of things are all shaped by my identity as a Southern black woman. And I was never able to put my finger on the fact that part of the reason I felt such discomfort in that space was that it was so masculine. And even the women that I was interacting with on a regular, consistent basis often had to resort to acting like men um, in order to be what they thought would be uh, to lead to what they thought would be success. And I never felt comfortable in that space. And I, I am thankful for that space because I think it was the discomfort that drove me back to finish my degree. Um, so this week has really helped me reflect on those times and how if I had known then the things that I learned this week and some of the things that I've learned since then, just because I was young, um, I could have been a lot more successful in that setting. Now, I, I, I do think I'm not saying that I regret leaving. Um, because I do think everything happens absolutely the way it's supposed to. Um, I think I'm living more aligned with my calling now than I was then. Uh, I hate, I don't have that kind of money anymore, but, um, as in all things, I I think it's important that we sometimes reflect on where we've been as we figure out where we're going and how those tools and skills and experiences might be used to help us shape our best future. So I'm really grateful for this week. I learned a lot. Um, I know I said that a couple of times, but I want to emphasize before I, I start on the next part of what I want to say, really um, 
being grateful for the experience this week. I learned a lot in terms of how I present myself in language, how I'm branding myself, sometimes subconsciously by the words I use, how I want to be more deliberate in how I interact with people. You know, those kind of things I think are important to think about. And they are pretty much universal. Now, as a result of this week, I did understand, I began to really see how different the world is um, for black women. So we can thank Alice Walker for really helping to give voice to this difference between white women's plight in the world and the black woman's plight in the world. They are different. And although we are both women and we have um, shared gender roles, that's a question. I don't know if that's true. Um, that supposedly we have these shared experiences. And I think for, the, for generally, we do have shared experiences. Women make less than, than men. But we also know that there is a nuance there that black women make less, much less than, than white women do their men. So I, I, um, I think it's important that we pay attention to the nuanced differences. That's one of the things I think this week was a little lost that when we're talking, for example, when we were talking about communication styles and how to speak with more power and authority, um, I think it was missed that depending on the cultural context, that sometimes what sounds like power language language in a white setting is um, arrogant language in a black setting so that there has to be uh, very conscious code switching that occurs even when you're trying to maintain a language of power and authority that you're not overstepping and becoming something that is arrogant and uh, just bossy. Um, and so as I was thinking through the cultural nuances, because that's kind of what I do, right? I'm, I'm a literacy person. I pay attention to the word just because of who I am. Ideologically, I pay attention to the word and I'm, I'm understanding all these specificities that are being presented as universals that aren't always applicable based on the cultural context and the audience to whom uh, you are speaking. And, and some other things that came out this week when we were talking about, for example, networking and these uh, white presenting women could enter a space that for them is non-business. So you're in the country club and you make connections with authentic connections with people that then benefit you in, in your business world. Yes, that's real networking and, and that's important. But then I thought about how many black women I know belong to country clubs and how many of us are moving in spaces where, where, uh, the power people are moving. And unfortunately, I don't think we have the same kinds of opportunities now, that doesn't mean that we can't create some of these opportunities or that we can't participate in the white dominant structure. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that the game we play is different. Right. It's just different. And I think that while I benefited a lot, I want to emphasize that again, benefited a lot from this week's experiences and lessons and workshops. I do think there needs to be more conversation around black women in the business world because we play a slightly different game. It can't be the, the same game because we've got this racial component on top of the gendered component. And I think sisters need to do more of coming together in non-competitive spaces 
to socialize, to network, to build alliances and bridges. Uh, we know those of us who've ever been in the business world and, and those of us who, who are in academia, we know that there's always a meeting before the meeting where the allies are identified and you guys come up with a game plan for what you're going to say and who's going to vote how and all this kind of stuff happens all the time. But I think in black gendered spaces, they happen differently. And I think we need to start being more deliberate um, about one, how we teach each other to do those kinds of things. Do, do sisters always know that you got to have an ally when you go into a meeting? Um, one thing that came out this week was, um, one of my favorite sessions this week was about negotiating, negotiating for one's worth. And, um, I was having one, one of our brilliant sisters, Yaba Blay, uh, had a discussion going on on social media about why black people don't discuss their salaries and how that puts us at a, uh, um, a disadvantage when it's time to negotiate and, and things like that. And she and I had an inbox conversation about how I feel like my advisors didn't necessarily train me well to negotiate. And because of that, I'm, I'm at a salary deficit. I, I shouldn't be in because of what I do and the quality of my work and not to sound braggadocious, but who the hell I am, I should be compensated a little bit better than I'm presently being compensated. And part of that is because I didn't negotiate well, because unfortunately I don't think in our communities, we spend enough time talking about negotiations. Now on top of that, I think black women in particular are conditioned to accept what we are offered. That somehow, and a lot of this plays into our own self-esteem issues, that sometimes we don't recognize our own earth worth. And even if we do, we're afraid to demand it. And I'm not even talking about all the time in a business situation. I think in general, black women have not t taken enough time. I, I don't, that sounds like it's our fault. It's partially our fault. I think black women have been conditioned. Let me say it that way. I think black women have been conditioned against taking time to know their own value and worth. I also think that we as a black um, community need to start thinking about our price value so that when we are entering into the workplace, that we can negotiate from a place of knowingness. I know my worth. I know what you would pay some, some man. I know what you would pay some white woman and really using that to leverage, um, some of our own personal powers around where we are and where we end up. And I think the conversations about black economics and investing in the community and all of that should spill out of those kinds of conversations. But I just wanted to, to really, um, say that intersectionality was is has just been at the fore this week for me in terms of what it means to be a woman and what it means to be a black woman and all of that kind of stuff and then there are the recent articles that have come out now the, for those of us who are black girls once upon a time that we know um, that what the research the, the the newer research is demonstrating has always been true that black girls uh, are seen as less innocent than other children that we have. They're referred. Um, they have disciplinary referrals more than, than many other groups. Um, and then just in general, they are disregarded. And I think we carry a lot of that from girlhood into womanhood. And we, I, I want us, I, and I'm speaking to myself, so I don't want this to sound like I'm telling you what to do. I'm talking to myself right now. 
So I'm going to say I. I need to spend more time understanding who I am in terms of being a valuable, contributing member of society. I need to spend more time understanding that what I bring to the table is unique and necessary. I need to spend more time understanding that what somebody else thinks about my value is they bullshit and it has nothing to do with the value I place on myself. And when I come to a table with anybody for any reason, I need to come completely armed in that knowledge of truth that I am worth it. I am worth effort. I am worth a good salary. I am worth attention. I am worth protection. All of that. All of that. We and I think that while that is a very personal kind of work, I think sisters need that kind of work. I was having a conversation with some sister girls uh, a couple of weeks ago and I said, I want to start a nonprofit called The Porch because I know a lot of when I was younger, self-doubt really didn't hit me the way it does now. And part of that was because I was shelling peas on the porch with older black women. I remember sitting on the porch with a cool glass of water with my grandmother and watching people walk down the street on Cherry Street. I remember things like that. And on that porch, watching and witnessing her performance of black womanhood shaped my confidence. It wasn't, I didn't, I was, my confidence wasn't shaken until I got up off that porch. So I think black women need spaces where we are in community with other black women and we affirm one another safe, sacred spaces, right? That's why I wanted to talk about how to establish safe spaces in our home, but we also have to talk about what it means to establish safe spaces in a community setting where women can come together and have conversation, real transparent conversations about who we are and what our worth is and how uh, to, I think we need to be in concert with elders about how we demonstrate that worth to the world. Now I'm going to be blogging Wednesday about war paint, right? Watching my maternal grandmother carry a different kind of power. How she asserted a power is different from how I would think about power today. But when I'm reflecting again, this week has been very reflective for me. When I reflect upon how she presented herself outside of her house, I understood that she was performing power as she understood it. And so I think black women, we, we, we just need these spaces. I'm calling all hands on deck. We need to establish some spaces where intergenerational black women can come together and talk through what it means to be black and to be woman and to be sacred and divine. Right. I just, I really, I'm, I'm full. I am really full. I traveled to, um, the, the, the training this week with a group of sisters who I, who I know, but had not spent time with before. And just on the drive there and on the drive back and the, and the meals that we shared, I got to know them differently. And I feel a true genuine, I hope they feel this too, a true genuine sense of sisterhood with them. And I got their back now in a way that I may not have had before. And I understand now the value of sharing food 
the value of sharing time. And that's, I just want us sisters to be deliberate in establishing those kind of spaces, not where we sit. And I'm not talking about sitting in man bashing. I'm not talking about gossiping. I'm talking about where we talk about how best to present ourselves to the world. I'm talking about where we talk about strategies for health and wellness because we were talking about detoxing and how we can change our, our taste buds and those kinds just health and wellness issues. Do you work? Do you work out before work? Do you know you do you walk around the building at lunch? That kind of how we become our best selves, sharing strategies for becoming our best selves. We got to have space for this. And I really I really anybody who's interested in trying to figure out how we can start the porch. You let me know. Hit my inbox up at www uh, sorry that's the website you can hit my inbox up at the hbcu prof at gmail.com or dr tip at tell tip told you.com and let's think about how we can get these things rolling now as a side note some people based upon last week's discussion have asked me about crystals so i posted on the blog this past week um Five crystals I think every black woman should have in their arsenal. So make sure you visit www.tellemtiptoldyou.com to check out that blog post about the five crystals. And if you're interested, I have ordered um, some bulk of raw crystals from that list. And so if you're interested in getting started with crystal work, make sure you hit me up. um, I've got some packages available if you want to, you know, buy a set of the five and um, get some more information on how to care for them and how to use them in your daily practice, please let me know. Again, hit me up at Dr. Tip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. Visit the website. I'll be posting um, the crystal packages for sale shortly, probably later this week by Wednesday. You'll be able to purchase those. Um, And again, if you have anything you want to discuss, hit me up at Dr. Tip at tellemtiptoldyou.com. I look forward to hearing from you this week. I want you to have a wonderful, wonderful day. Don't forget to celebrate yourselves. Tell them Tip told you to. Take care. Love you.